In this day and age, everybody and everything is woke, woke, woke. Even sports talk. And that's why we call bullshit. Welcome to Patriot Sports Radio. Patriot Sports Radio. A sports podcast by regular dudes for regular dudes. We'll give you a break from all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. From high school to the pros, we're talking about it. Red-blooded American. Loud. Loud. Real and and raw. Patriot Sports Radio with your hosts, Eric, John, Chris, and the coach. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in. This is Patriot Sports Radio. My name is Eric. I am your host. I am joined by Coach C2, Chris, producing the show over there, and the impossibly handsome John Shirley. We're going with a big announcer voice today because I thought last week the interview was going really well with Coach Smith. And then I said, quote, hey there, Coach, you got any favorites in the tournament? Holy fuck. (laughs) I got to fix that. If you're using your announcer voice, can I use my Charles Barkley voice? Knucklehead. This is America. <laughs> he can use whatever goddamn voice you want, John. Right. I tell you what. We got all kinds of sports. This is supposed to be the dead time in the calendar. We got uh, every NFL player I've ever fucking heard of is changing teams. We got 14 seeds knocking threes out of the tournament. Greg Hardy got kicked out of the UFC, which really sucks because I love betting against Greg Hardy. The guy who's fighting Greg Hardy was the ultimate lock. So what do you guys want to do first? We could talk about how the first half unders went 2014 and two in the first round. Chris, we need a cash register sound effect or maybe maybe a jackpot sound effect. So would you say you're up on that money wise? Yep, a little bit. I didn't bet them all. I accidentally bet some uh, CIT and NIT games. I went a little crazy just tapping the unders. But I did minesweeper my way to a profit. I avoided some of the uh, 14 misses. Yeah, so many so many things to discuss, so much sports. I, I just had to start jotting things down to remember what all happened. Because at the end of this, it was like, oh, yeah, and uh, touchdown Tommy's coming back, too. Forgot about that. Yeah. He did that on Selection Sunday. You know, I'm real sick of the NFL trying to hijack the tournament. Well, at least nobody's getting arrested. Yeah, well, that is true. Well, should we start with college basketball? Sure. We could talk about how the Richmond Spiders are moving on. You and the Spiders. I knew knew it wouldn't take very long to get to Richmond. No. As you can see, I purchased a, uh, a Richmond Spiders pennant. I wanted to get a hat. They said the hat wouldn't get here till April 24th. So I got the thing that would get here next day. I think it really pops. I think it's good. I bet there's a pretty good run on Richmond gear. <laughs> I bet. I bet. You know, uh, St. Peter's, the team that beat Kentucky, weren't even verified on Twitter until yesterday afternoon. Are they the, the yeah, Peter the Peacocks. <laughs> I love a big, colorful <laughs> Peacock. That was a great game. I love... I love an original mascot. You got a peacock, you got a mockingbird, which I thought when I signed up to be a Chattanooga Mox fan, I thought they were water moccasins. Whatever, mockingbird, water moccasin. They fucking lost yesterday in heartbreaking fashion. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about that a little bit because uh, I'm kind of a bandwagon Illini fan, depending on how good they are, because sometimes they're a huge disappointment. Just to watch that game, it was so messy. Um, a lot of my high school friends were saying this is like our intramural basketball league. I mean, dudes are just chucking balls into the scorer's table. They're just launching up threes that have no chance. And somehow, some way, the Illini pulled it out just because they're the better team. And when you have two teams just playing absolutely atrocious, the better team usually ends up winning. There was a lot of trash talk going on. It was just another disappointing March Madness game. Because if you recall last year, uh, Illinois was stacked and then they blew it against Loyola. And so I totally anticipated them to blow it again. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a good look for Underwood, their coach. You know, they survive in advance, which is great. And I guess they got a chance to redeem themselves here coming up. But wow, what a what a crazy fun game to watch. But also it was just like ugly at times. Yeah, it's, it's a heart attack watching that. T- I had a a Richmond Chattanooga parlay that was looking good until a few minutes left. And then the tide started to turn there. 
Illinois scored and Chattanooga's bringing the ball up the floor and the announcer goes, you know, this is about the most important possession of this game for the mocks. And the kid fucking chest passes it into the first row. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I pulled out the cash out option. I was had I won the bet, it would have paid it would have paid 90, I think. And the cash out option was like sixty seven dollars. I'm like, Chris, should I take this? He's like, dude, the momentum has shifted. You're lying to yourself if you think it hasn't. And I let it go down to forty eight before I finally bailed. So you got something. Yeah. And the mocks was a good good a good one to get in on. I, I like Davidson last night. I watched a little of that. I thought they were going to uh a scrappy squad. I mean, uh they were getting points. They should have won the game. Came down to the wire. I thought they were going to knock off Michigan State. I mean, we talked a little bit on it in our text. You know, uh, I, I really thought that, that that Davidson was another one that could make a little bit of a run. You know, it's all about getting hot right now. You know, R- Richmond does. They 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 get they get hot. When we watched them in the conference finals. It was them and Davidson. And uh, man, they were they were uh, both teams are scrappy, scrappy bunch. And and they play they play it the right way. I think what the the coach for Davidson's been there 33 years or something like that. You know, wow. half court offenses and stuff. It's pretty pretty good. I uh, I enjoyed that last night. I was really hoping that they would pull it out, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think about the Coach K's run? You guys want to segue into some Coach K? <laughs> I know John John loves him. <laughs> the Blue Devils fan at heart. I'm actively rooting <laughs> against him just because I I can't stand. I don't want him to go out on a high note. What was the team? Was that Lehigh? You remember when Lehigh upset them as a 16 to 1? Uh, was that 2012 or something like that? That was a great day. <laughs> <laughs> Not a Coach K fan. <laughs> well, he's going up against Izzo, so it'll be kind of a, a power battle there. So I'm interested yeah. to see that one for sure. So that's tomorrow. Yeah, that's tomorrow. History's not on the side of Izzo, though. I think he's, what, 2-11 and 11 or 2-15 and 15 against Coach K. He's not not on his side, but we'll see. They've got as good a chance as anybody. Uh, who do you guys like to win it all? Who, you, who did you end up taking, Eric? I got Texas Tech, and after, uh, after they dismantled Montana State by like 70,000 points, I feel pretty good about that. They're going to be the ones who end Coach K. They're going to beat him by 20 points. Texas Tech is bipolar. I will tell you from watching them this year, uh, they're bipolar unless they're at home. If they could play every game in Lubbock, they would they they would have no problems. But that going on the road is a deal for them. It's a real deal. They struggle on the road, and and they sometimes can throw in a clunker out of nowhere. And and that's the kind of team that you get nervous about putting money on this time of year because they will they'll show up and get off the bus and look like. they came off of a, some kind of junior high squad or something, uh, and, and you never know when it's coming. So it'll be interesting to see how far they go. But I, they, they just make me really nervous this time of year because they have been known, especially on the road, to just, just mail it in. So that's But that's a solid pick. I mean, if they get hot, they can beat anybody in the country. You're exactly right. I mean, um, I, I, I'm, that surprises me that you went with them and not, not your Wisconsin boys, my – my little uh, my little Bronco fan that lives in my house told me he's 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 thinking the Badgers are gonna gonna take it all. And I said, man, you have you been watching any basketball lately? I, I don't think he has. <laughs> anyhow, yeah, are you have you have you turned on a TV this week? He he says that he says he thinks that they're gonna pull it all together. I don't know. What do you think, John? Um, so I just kind of do what I typically do and just go with uh, I go with gut picks, which Throw is. Darts. Yeah. <laughs> You throw darts. <laughs> For some reason, this year, Auburn came to me. And I like Bruce Pearl a lot. Sweatiest guy in college basketball. And I, I think they play really – they play tough. And I think it's kind of a, a toss-up this year. So I, I'm kind of going with a, a team like Auburn who definitely has a coach who's been there. And uh, they, they play hard. So it was definitely a gut pick. It's definitely a guess because I, I just don't think Gonzaga is going to win it. I, I just don't. So I went with somebody kind of in the field, so to speak. No, I like that pick. I love Pearl. Pearl can take the mic in front of an arena like no other. No other. What'd you say, Eric? What you got? Yeah, Bruce Pearl's a three shirts per game guy. So you <laughs> know he's he's in it. He get he cares. Texas Tech is in the West bracket. I think they can get through. They got Notre Dame, who I think they played in the playing game. I think they went to overtime. They got to be gassed. And then after that, they're going to get Michigan State or Duke. 
And then they're looking at probably Gonzaga. I know less about my bracket now than when I did when I was in junior high, just because I'm trying to follow along. And and it's like you're just picking out of a list now. I don't even know regions or anything like that because it's all in your phone. And I just have a hard time following who's doing what. I, I miss the days where you could print out print out paper in uh, you know, Mrs. Gott's fourth grade class and then sketch everything in. And then when nobody was looking, you made sure you wrote it in pencil, then you erased it. And, and then you, you won. Those were the days. <laughs> yep. As much as I, I love March Madness, I, I kind of just want the old printed bracket. Yeah. I texted my boss at work. I said, you got any uh, paper brackets in the office? I, I don't like the digital ones. So he brought me a paper one. I don't have enough Sharpie to fucking even keep up with that one. But you were talking uh, last week or the week before about who the next Coach K is going to be. Given the punchable face and the annoying players and the track record of mediocre success, well, success, can Mark Few, if he wins the tournament this year, become the new top-of-the-mountain hateable guy? No, 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 no. Because if you think about it, Gonzaga dudes are awesome. Like Timmy this year? Uh, Timmy gets on my nerves. You don't like Timmy? Okay, yeah. I think I have Timmy fatigue. I was into it last year. This year, I'm not. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, what was Morrison, the guy who looked like a porn star? Um, I, I mean, they never amount to anything in the NBA. But, uh, you know, they, they're they entertaining every year. And I, I don't root against them. So I, I would have to say no on Mark Few. who I saw somebody just the other day, and I was like, that's the guy. And I'm going to have to – it might be Jawan Howard. Healthy dislike of Jawan Howard already. He's kind of a douche. Yeah. I wanted to like him, but I don't. And then you've got all these mid-range or mid-level colleges that have real shady looking guys that, you know, just run their town, that definitely know where bodies are buried, have definitely been paying people under the under the table. It's, it's an open field. I'll have to keep my eyes peeled. <laughs> Yep. It'll be interesting to see now with the NIL deal and everything, who's going to who's going to stay dirty. Like even the dirty stuff they were doing is legal now. Who's going to say, well, we could get an advantage if we just, I don't know, paid them more. Yeah. Kidnap people. Who knows? Which school has the most car dealerships nearby? That's a good one. Yeah. One more uh, college basketball question before we move on to football. Coach, do you think Oklahoma can win the NIT? Because I took them four to one before the tournament started, and now they're six to one, and I kind of want to bet them again. Yeah, I do. I do. I think I think they can make a, a deep run in that. I saw an interview with Moser this morning, and uh, you know he he's kind of taking that deal the right way. If you can possibly not get in the tournament and and take it the right way of going to the NIT, it's like being invited to the to the losers bracket. Uh, but you know. He said this morning, he's like, how, how do we prove the committee wrong if we don't go and win this tournament? I mean, if we, if we throw in a clunker against St. Bonavere, uh, you know, uh, then, then the committee was right. We didn't belong in the tournament. But if we go and win the tournament, then they're indeed wrong. I, I just think that that's a good take on that situation when you're trying to motivate uh, your, your people to, to go and win a tournament. I do think that they can. I think it's them and A&M. I think that's a good bet. Them and A and M are the are the ones that you know made the most noise about not being in the tournament. A and M just flat threw themselves on the ground and cried like a a kid in the grocery store aisle. But um, you know it, it is what it is. I think they both they both can go do it. So yeah, that's what I did. That's how I covered my ass. I took the Sooners plus four hundred, and then I took A and M plus six twenty five. I figured one of those two is going to win I'll at least uh, triple my money. And then I saw St. Bonaventure was twenty to one this morning. I said, "Well, what if they beat Oklahoma today? Let's throw five bucks on that." If they beat Oklahoma, they got a pretty clear path. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about about all that. I mean, what two games, and then they play the 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 title game in New York. It'll be it'll be interesting, but. You know, the, in the interview with Moser this morning, he had a had a Cubs deal in the in the background, which automatically drew my attention and made him a winner. And so, uh, automatically, I had to all chips it in on that guy. I'm not huge on OU basketball, but I might be. I might start after that. It's going to be one of these teams that almost got into the tournament. Oh yeah, yeah, no, and and OU is streaky. They are streaky. They're playing good basketball at the end of the season. That's what it's about. It's not- not about necessarily being the best team. It's about being the team that can run off a few wins in a row. So Devontae Adams is gone. Have we gotten over it as Packer fans? I didn't shed a single tear when I saw the money. 
Um, Ken Ingles Packer cap on Twitter. He's evidently the Packers salary cap expert guy, the guy you go to to have it broken down into plain English. And he says Devonte Adams received a three-year, sixty-seven point eight million dollar deal, twenty-two point six average per year, disguised as a five-year, hundred and forty million dollar deal. Hundred. I fucking did it again. There is a zero chance he makes it to years four and five on the deal. These years are intentionally bloated to artificially boost him up to claim the highest paid wide receiver title. Either way, I think the wide receiver is sort of like the car stereo. It's nice to have, but you don't need it to go down the road and you can't be spending 30 quarterback money on it. It, It's kind of interesting, though. I mean, the teams that are successful now, it really boils down to quarterback wide receiver. Now, that was last year. Um, I don't think teams can get along very long without a great old line, but you saw the Bengals do that. I mean, all they had was weapons, and and somehow they they make the Super Bowl. Now they lost it to a team with more weapons. But, I mean, I was totally expecting that money for Devontae Adams. I mean, he's a stud. And as long as you got a quarterback, you got a puncher's chance with a stud wide receiver and a stud quarterback. And it sounds like he wanted to go to the Raiders real bad. He played with Carr at Fresno State. He's talked about the Raiders in the past, I think, when his contracts have come up. So it sounds like team did right by him, sent him where he wanted to go. And they got decent compensation for him. But I don't know, man. This team wasn't very good when Adams was hurt. And now he's he's gone, gone. Who's your first wide receiver, Lazar? Uh, right now, I believe Lazard is our number one wide receiver. And there are Packer fans out there trying to convince themselves that that's, that he's ready. Didn't, uh, yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to Debbie's thoughts, but I think Debbie thinks that Lazard can be the number one. Um, I don't know. I guess they're talking about, you could go get, you could go get Keenan Allen with this, with these picks or, you know, we get Landry. I don't know. Nobody you're going to get is Devonte Adams. Well, hey. What do you got? First off, when when I when I heard that, I was a little bit irritated about the whole Devontae Adams deal. And like you, you know, then when I saw the money involved, I would have been, and, and we kind of discussed that, I would have been furious had the Packers re-signed that deal. I would have been, that essentially handicaps them with the, with the two-man band for the next three years. Um, now that I see the possibilities out there. Devontae saved them from themselves. Oh, absolutely. That's And you hit the nail on the head with that. They, they literally, he literally saved them from themselves by bailing out on that deal and going to Vegas, um, which good luck with him and Carr and the murderer's row that is now the AFC West, because let me just tell you, there's about six teams in the AFC West that are all chipsing it to the center, just like the Rams did last year. They're, they're, they're all in, and, and that's going to be a gauntlet to run through the West. So, 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 so good luck with Carr in that, because we know anytime – there's under two minutes and the game's on the line. He's either throwing a pick or he's going to piss on himself. So, um, but that's just me. Uh, but yeah, they saved themselves. He, he saved them from, from, from themselves. And when we look at that deal and we look at the possibilities that are out there, you know, it's pretty exciting as a, as a Packer fan. I, I, I like all the options that they can take. Um, when we put it into perspective for, for those in the balcony that aren't paying attention, you've got, 59 in the first 59 picks, you got four picks this year. And 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 you've saved yourself a ton of cap room to be able to go out and, and, and buy a free agent or two because you can afford more than one now. The Packers are in a spot where they can afford more than one. So this business of Lazard being the number one is a farce. And, and, and people that are saying that in Green Bay or whatever state you're from, you're kidding yourself, number one, if you think he's a number one. And number two, he's not going to be the number one on day one. He's not. They're going to go get somebody, or they're going to they're go, they're going to have to have to invest in that offense. Otherwise, the the guy we know as Aaron Rodgers is is going to end up playing three games, and then we're going to have Jordan Love. So anyhow, that's that's all I have on that. I love Alan Lazard, but if you think he's the number one, you're living in the state of delusion. Absolutely. Or you're a Bears fan. Well, that's where I, that's actually, John, that's where I was going next. I was going to, I, I actually, you know, with all of the. Uh, all of the hoopla about the Packers. I, I really need to know what's going on in the Bears camp over there. And uh, I, I don't hear a lot after the Mac deal. It's it's kind of gone quiet. So what, what's uh, what are they doing? Anything? Well, they didn't resign Allen Robinson. I just realized I need to add that to the rundown. Um, I touch on a couple things in the rundown, but um, it looks like Poles definitely has a vision. 
And I kind of like that. So the moves are not necessarily the most popular. Obviously, letting Khalil Mack go stinks. But it's for the best. And it looks like he's he's definitely got a vision of building the line. He doesn't – it's clear he does not like our roster, which is probably a good sign. If somebody comes in and says, oh, this, this isn't a good roster after you've stunk for a couple of years, it's probably a good sign. So uh, no big splashes right just yet. Uh, we did sign <clears> – <throat> Equinemius St. Brown. And so that's a wide receiver. Uh, but I mean, we're, we're not moving the needle yet. So I I'm hoping we build in the draft and just kind of trust in the vision that Ryan pulls has, cause he clearly has one with the moves that he's making. It's, it's players that he likes. He's not just trying to, uh, take what we have and, and squeak out eight wins. You know, that's probably not what we need this next season. I love the St. Brown signing. He's a glue guy. Yes. Are you saying I'm not going to be able to tune into Chicago sports radio after they lose and listen to all the callers say fire everybody anymore? They're happy with the front office now? We'll see. We will see. Um, We don't know what we have yet. So, I mean, look, Ryan Pace won GM of the year. But that doesn't mean anything if, if if you don't even win a playoff game. So, you know... The success really, I think, of managers is is one that can stay in the same place for 10 years, not four years, have a flash in the pan year because of Khalil Mack and, and Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy just having success because he's new and nobody's seen his offense. But you saw after 10, 12 games, people caught on pretty quick and were able to shut him down. I, I, I think it's – I'm praying for – like real good seeds to get planted in the next couple of years and us to have long-term success, which has always been the case and hasn't been the truth. Didn't Matt Nagy win coach of the year too? Matt Nagy did win coach of the year the same year that Ryan Pace won, uh, was that executive of the year or whatever the, the official award is. It It's just funny. Uh, it's it's very, very funny to look back and see how much uh, awards don't mean anything. Possible that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are just incredible and Matt Nagy happens to be the guy with the job of offensive coordinator because this offense looks like the Eagles offenses with Brian Westbrook that I've seen in the past and Deshaun Jackson. Like These don't look like Matt Nagy's ideas. I'm not sure you're getting the Chiefs offensive, you know, brain trust if you hire Matt Nagy. And I, that turned out to be pretty much how it was. The guy's an idiot. Yeah, he's he's not. Well, he's kind of a deadly combination of stubborn and self-unaware. He had to fire himself twice as the offensive coordinator. And and so then we had uh, Bill Lazor take over and then we had success. But, you know, Bill Lazor isn't, isn't popping up on any jobs anywhere. So we just didn't have... We didn't have an offensive coordinator that actually played to our strengths. We had a guy who's trying to ram his overcomplicated offense through Mitch Trubisky's brain. And nothing against Mitch Trubisky, but the guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> okay, that was harsh. He's not an idiot. <laughs> but he's not super smart. Let's put it that way. Steelers think he's a uh, found gem. And and you know what? With with the right offense, he probably could be a C-minus quarterback on a good day. So we'll see. Yeah, you have him run some, you know, RPOs and hand it to Najee. He can handle that. But his athleticism is going to run out. He's always reminded me of a guy whose ceiling is Alex Smith. That's all I'm saying. I mean, the, that's the best you're ever going to get He's out just of not him. any good. <laughs> He's just not any good. This might cheer you up, John. I, I put together my conspiracy theory of how Aaron Rodgers is destroying the Green Bay Packers from the inside on purpose. Good, yeah. I'm I'm all ears. So we'll start the timeline in say 2016. He goes 10 and six, fifth in MPV MVP voting, 40 touchdowns, seven interceptions. This is when he was throwing out of bounds all the time. People were saying, oh, he's being too conservative. Then 2017, Anthony Barr breaks his collarbone and celebrates like he just won the Super Bowl. And then 2018. Rodgers goes 6-9-1. and one. This is the year he played on a bad knee from the Week 1 Bears game. 25 touchdowns, 2 interceptions, Pro Bowl. This is the point at which the team feels like they can probably still get something for him. His performance is starting to drop off. Some, qu- some fans question if he's even trying. They get rid of Ted Thompson. They bring in Gutekunst in the floor. 
public opinion is he's a diva who's not going to get on board and it's going to be worse than it was with McCarthy. And they go 13 and three throws 26 touchdowns, four picks NFC championship game. It's almost like he's trying again. This is the fuck you season. He's mad about them never getting him a bunch of weapons. They fired his quarterback coach Van Pelt. I think just to piss him off. They're starting to do the thing that Thompson did to Rogers to, to Favre to sort of push him out of town. I think this is the point at which he says, fuck this team. They lose 37-20 at San Francisco. They were never in this game. Rodgers fumbled twice in the second quarter, three times total. Aaron Jones caught nine for 129 and Adams caught nine for 90. All the other players that could catch passes on the Green Bay Packers caught two total passes that day. They draft Jordan Love. Rodgers goes to Hawaii and acts all dramatic. Rumors of a holdout start to circulate. Before camp, he finally breaks his silence, calls out the front office for not making moves and letting guys go too early, talks about the coaches he misses, etc. He wins the fan base back almost entirely with this. In his mind, he's decided for sure he's going to burn this fucking thing down and he knows exactly how to do it. He negotiates a deal that allows him to walk away at the end of the season or leverage the team once again, which he's now done. He lets it be known he's not thrilled about the love pick, but he understands. He says, It was more the surprise of the pick based on my own feelings of wanting to play into my 40s and the realization that it does change the controllable a little bit because as much as I feel confident in my abilities, there are some factors that are out of my control. Matt LaFleur says he understands. Rodgers reportedly tells Devontae Adams and other soon-to-be free agents to go get your money. I'm not coming back. Then they lose 31-26 at home to Tom Brady, basically because of the Scotty Miller play. Three touchdowns, one pick. This loss really wasn't on him, but he did get sacked five times. I put this one on LaFleur for pussing out at the goal line. Yep. Then, 2021, the prodigal quarterback returns. The last dance Instagram post. They lose at home 13-10 to 10 to an inferior 49ers team. Zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Sacked five times. They went out with a whimper. The team drops to their knees and they give them 150 guaranteed over the next three years with a massive cap hit of $68 million if he decides to retire after 2024, which would be the coup de grace. He comes back knowing Adams is gone. They had to have had a conversation about this. He knows Adams is going to the Raiders and the team is now pot committed to him. It's all set up now for the day the Green Bay Packers are left in cap hell when their only good player left, Aaron Rodgers, retires. And isn't that what you want? You want the team to suck when you leave. So you can look back and say, see, it was all me. So Machiavellian. This guy's diabolical. I think he's a villain. I really do. He is because the best villains are the ones that you love for the first 90% of your experience with them. And then you hate the last 10%. That's like, oh, that was your motivation the whole time. I, I thought you just wanted to win. It turns out you're just kind of a prick. There's no way this guy went in six or nine months from calling Brian Gutekunst Jerry Krause in group text messages to Kumbaya. There's no way. Isn't it kind of clear that he watched The Last Dance and was like, I am Jordan and everybody else around me are the cast and characters. But the thing is, like, you're not Jordan. You're in a completely different sport where you rely on the support of others way more than Jordan did. And then to even be as transparent as do the last dance. And no, he's Gutekunst is not Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause seemingly wanted to tear down that team. And Jordan just had to strong arm him. But what Jordan was doing was were all the right decisions, not all the terrible ones. He wasn't he wasn't keeping well, Scotty wrote his own history there, but he wasn't trying to keep money away from people the way that uh especially like the primetime players the way that Aaron Rodgers was we'll see we'll see how it plays out we could have a bad football team from now on because I don't know how after Aaron Rodgers leaves you're going to convince the Khalil Max and the Jarvis Landry's of the world to come here and play in 12 degrees with Jordan Love yeah it's true it, it is already challenging enough to get a lot of players up north just from a personality perspective not everybody likes to 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 live in green not, not even chicago sometimes it's hard to get people in chicago because of the winters and then you get green bay in the mix without somebody like aaron Rodgers throwing the ball it's going to be a real uphill battle shifting gears a little bit i think that's why 
the uh, red football team skins, whatever they're, what are they called now? The commandos, commanders, <laughs> Comanches. No, Comanches would be, that would be probably worse. Gosh. Command commanders. They traded for Carson Wentz. Some people are saying because they knew Carson Wentz would never sign with them. They basically have Confederate money. Like nobody wants to play for the Washington commanders. So they basically forced, <laughs> you know, kind of kidnapped, shanghai him. I guess we'd call this a Shanghai trade more than kidnap. So he's stuck now. I don't, they said they were going to make a splash. This feels like a dribble. Yeah. I do believe in Riverboat Ron though. He's a good coach. So we'll see what happens. I love Ron Rivera. What do you think, coach? How do you feel about Ron Rivera? Oh, I just think that he's a good, he's a guy that takes a bunch of glue guys and gets the most out of them that he can. He did it at the Panthers. I mean, we all, see what uh what that became afterwards you know and, and the, you know the Panthers are in a good in, in an interesting spot right now too but you know anything outside of, of, of Dan Snyder being investigated over there in the headlines for the commanders or commandos whatever they call themselves this this week uh, is is, is got to be positive for them um, because you know it just seems like with the owner that they have, Every every headline always goes back to him, and 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 meanwhile, oh yeah, they play football there too. Um, so yeah, I like Riverboat Ron. I always have. I always thought that he got the most out of you know the the glue guys that he had, and I think that's what he'll do this year. He'll put a bunch of blue collar guys on the field. They'll win six, seven, eight games, and then that will be it. You know, just a typical uh, Washington season, and, and just like every other team in the East, the NFC East is 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 a mess, which leads me to the next one, uh, the NFC East we're talking about. Uh, I saw Washington signed a one-year deal. Um, James Washington signed a one-year deal with uh, the Cowboys. The Cowboys are also in a, in a mess uh, right now. Really, all of those East teams, the NFC East teams, are, are in a mess and, and don't, don't, don't seem to have a roadmap or a way to get out. And when they think that they do, it just gets worse. Um, Dallas is the best soap opera I've ever seen in my life. I love watching it. I love watching them continually uh, make mistakes with the gardener, um, just like just like on uh, the shows that my my grandparents used to watch. It's the same deal down there. The soap opera called Dallas. <laughs> now that I think about it, Ron Rivera and Carson Wentz are really a perfect match. Ron Rivera is the kind of guy that'll cry when he hands out a game ball, and Carson Wentz is the kind of guy that'll cry when he accepts one. Uh, I do. Like so, Carson John. Wentz. John, I heard you mention some sort of NFL rundown. What do you got over there? Yeah, so there's just so much stuff happening between all the roster moves in the NFL, the MLB, and then college basketball. Nobody cares about the NBA right now until it's playoffs. So I took a week off from from watching any uh, NBA, but I figured I'd put a little rundown together for the NFL just to keep everything fresh and uh, in our minds. So if, without further ado, I'll, I'll kick it off. How's that sound? All right. Well, in somewhat chronological order, but no particular order in general, we've got first Sierra's husband, Rusty Wilson, lands in Denver, continuing the gold rush of talent to the AFC West. Amari Cooper moves to the NFL's most disappointing team, the Cleveland Shitstains. Von Miller fleeced the Bills into a six-year, $120 million contract. Mitch Trubisky brings his extreme mediocrity to the Stillers. They're going to hate him. Rodgers is back in the Green Bay sandbox alone, and his only friends are the teachers. Devontae Adams to <laughs> Vegas, where he is contractually obligated to commit a felony. Saw that joke online. Baker Mayfield went to a feelings corner. Deshaun Watson went 0 for 22 and is now a Brown. Larry Ogunjobi to the Bears. But wait a minute. He fails the physical. I'm guessing he flubbed the rope climbing portion. Chiefs get Juju Smith-Schuster to help Pat McGroin. I mean, Pat Mahomes. Speaking of Pats, <laughs> Chicago Legman takes his punting talents to Green Bay. I'm sure that was in Rogers' vision board. Equinemius St. Brown takes his long-ass biblical name to the Bears. Carson, <laughs> Wentz. <laughs> Carson Wentz is now a commander in the most ironic trade of the season so far. Khalil Mack to the Raiders. I'm not crying. You're crying. And finally, after spending real time with the goofy-ass man she married, Giselle made Touchdown Tommy return from whence he came and suit up for another season. <laughs> Boy, that didn't take long. The greatest quarterback of all time punched in as a dad for six weeks and couldn't hang. Not for him. 
And then uh, I also threw a little MLB one together because there was quite a few moves in the MLB. Awesome. All right. So we got Freddie. Freddie got fingered Freeman, decided to join the evil empire in Dodger Town. I'm still not counting their COVID chip is real. So maybe this will get them over the World Series hump that they've been in since the year I was born, 1988. Rizzo will be staying in pinstripes, only he'll be playing for the Bronx Bombers. I'm not crying. You're crying. There's a lot of that. Bambino <laughs> Schwarber joins the Phillies in what seems to be a natural fit. Okay, now I'm crying. Chris Bryant got a well-deserved <laughs> contract from the Rockies, and now I'm really crying. Cubs signed Japanese phenom Suzuki. Don't know how to say his first name yet. I don't really have a joke there. doesn't seem appropriate yet. <laughs> Zach Granke signs with the Royals. Side note, they drafted him in 2002 when I was in eighth grade, and that's what I got for the MLB and NFL rundowns. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There is so much going on for March. Yes, it's it's insane. I don't know that I've ever really sat down and 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 put all this stuff like this together, but it just seems like the NFL is almost doing an expansion draft where everybody's switching teams. It's like a redraft of the NFL. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, I don't understand why they're modeling themselves after the NBA when the NBA is would be a complete failure if not for the Chinese money. Yeah, I, I mean that's not really. I, I'm I'm. I'm curious just because it's almost like they changed the rules in the off season and now everyone's like, Oh wait, I need different people. Yeah. It's, it's like they have, I don't know. Maybe it's this, the TikTok generation, you know, everybody's only going to play for a team for 15 minutes until they get sick of it. Yeah. It's definitely probably an advent of short attention span, wanting kind of bursts of excitement from the league and stuff like that, that, that really excites people and, and really keeps the NFL in the conversation because, you know, when huge names are moving like this, there's so much to talk about. It just kind of feeds itself. Yeah. They want to own a day of the week. I think they want to own the, the entire calendar. Oh, it's like now they want to squeeze every dime they can out of everything. They're talking about moving the combine around the country. You know, now the Packers are going to play in London. I was really happy that we were one of those you know i like that feather in the cap that we weren't going to london yeah but whatever you know i'm the old man on the porch shaking my fist with the world changing around me you know i don't like the nfl playing in europe either uh, the games are never good they're always at weird times um you know you're fighting for all the european soccer fans in the bars if you want to watch the game it, it, it just doesn't seem to fit now if they had their own division i think that'd be pretty sweet like the europe division I don't know, um, just hack off the NFC East and say, you guys are all moving to Europe or something like that. Yeah, relegate them. <laughs> yeah, we could use some relegation because as you can see, all the talent's going to the AFC West and there's about three other divisions that just aren't that good. I mean, the mm -hmm. NFC South, other than the Bucks, you know, it was looking pretty sad there until Tom came back. But NFC North isn't good. NFC South isn't good. NFC East has one good team and then the, everybody's in the NFC West. It, it's, it's a very strange time for the league. It is wild coach. I was going to ask you about the combine moving Indianapolis is set up to host conventions and to host the combine. Is there, isn't it going to be a logistical nightmare to move it to a place like I saw green Bay was on the list. Like, I don't think they're even thinking this through. Do they have the hotels there? Maybe Tom Bodette will leave the light on. I don't, I don't think it makes much difference. They moved the, uh, what coach? Oh, I just said they moved the draft around. You know, I, I, I don't know. They, they're, they're going to keep messing with it and keep messing with it until somebody or some reason that it doesn't make money and then it'll stop. That's, it's not about what you or I want or what's best for the fans, about what, what makes the most money. And, and that's what, what the NFL is all about. Um, it's, a, it's, it's about dollar bills. So whatever they can, if they feel like they can make more money doing it, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, it's money over everything. So what else do you guys got? I got a, uh, I got a homicidal camel. Uh, other than that, I'm out of sports stuff for this morning. Are the Dodgers becoming the new Yankees? Ooh, <laughs> let's do that. What's their payroll, Chris? What's the Dodgers payroll? It's got to be insane. I think they're becoming the new Yankees. I saw on ESPN that there were the top six favorites for NL MVP. Three of them are in the first three batting lineup of the touch i mean come on come on man y'all suck oh they're shitty again 
the season the season hasn't even started and they've already just the thing that's scary about them is they're unlike the Yankees in that they don't have divas so they're just good baseball guys Freddie Freeman one he's from LA and two he's just a good dude um you go down their their lineup it's just filled with just baseball dudes they they're not looking to have their own uh fragrance or anything like the Yankees uh they just love to play baseball and that's kind of what's scary about them is they're they're going to wreck shop in the NL I don't see how they don't they have almost a over a quarter billion dollars in payroll 288 307 that's crazy what does a small market team have like fit what are the brewers have like 70 80 <laughs> The Dodgers have 200 more million dollars in payroll than the lowly Milwaukee Brewers. So do you guys agree Is this with gonna be a- that their uh, COVID World Series doesn't really count? Yeah, I don't. I'm not counting anything that happened in COVID. Yeah, LeBron's championship and the Dodgers championship, mm-hmm. they just don't exist to me. I can't even separate the two. 2019 and 2020 are all one big year. Like when I was looking into the Rogers situation, you know, what he did in 19 and 20, I'm not sure I even have it all straight now because it was just turn on the news and figure out if I can fucking go to work today or not. When time was a quagmire. Oh, the pa- the Brewers are spending 106. Okay, we're trying. We're trying. We just brought in Andrew McCutcheon. Mm-hmm. I'm psyched about that. Even though it's 35-year-old Andrew McCutcheon, it's still Andrew McCutcheon. This is like when we got Niger Morgan or Carlos Gomez or Mike Cameron. I just, I just Some players I just love, like Joey Votto. If we got Joey Votto when he was washed and completely done, I would be psyched. Joey Votto is my favorite non-Cubs player in the uh, major leagues. Have you seen YouTube videos of him messing with fans? So he'll do the thing where he fakes throwing the ball and then he'll just launch it out of the stadium for no reason. (laughs) It's the best. That guy has fun every single time he goes out there. Didn't he pop out to first for the first time in his career, like last year or the year before? That was one of those crazy sports stats. He probably sprinted 50 yards past the base. Yeah, he absolutely gave 110% (laughs) on that one. Yeah. Or you see him, you see him talking to kids pregame and signing autographs, and you know, giving them batting gloves or whatever. That's what's great about baseball: going to the park, getting autographs, meeting the players, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need to put pitch clocks and restrictions on these things. It's America's pastime, not America's sport. If I go to a baseball game, I know I'm going to be there all fucking afternoon. That's okay. They played baseball yesterday. Spring training started. That's right. Cubs lost. To the White Sox. Oh, you guys are both Cubs fans, huh? Gross. Yeah. We got 50% Cubs <laughs> fans on this show. Yep. yep. Do you see where Bryant's going to the uh, Rockies? That's got to make you excited, John. A little bit, yeah. They'll probably go to the first home game. Yeah, he. Uh, you got to be. You got to be overrun with Broncos fever up there right now. Is that is that going on? They got to be excited. They're all in. They're one of those teams that are all in. Yeah, they're pumped. Uh, this town really loves the Broncos. I've been impressed by that. Um, you know, in the towns that I've lived in, the towns you don't think really love their team. Believe it or not, San Diego loved the Chargers. Um, Atlanta kind of liked the Falcons. Obviously, the the Philly is just obsessed with the Eagles. I would put Denver right below Philadelphia. They they really love the Broncos and the Avalanche. Yeah, things are everybody is super pumped out here. They were hoping Von Miller would come back to the Broncos, but yeah, he he fleeced the Bills. There's a lot of excitement for sure. Yeah, he did. Well, they're going to convert and make, you know, voidable years. None of these contracts are real anymore. Yeah. 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 There's going to be a lot of jersey sales for sure. So you guys want to hear about this camel? Oh, one more sport thing. Yes. A little bit serious because he was one of my favorites. John Clayton died. Oh, yeah. I saw that. R.I.P. to a real one, John Clayton. Yeah, he was he was awesome uh, in his his commercial. Or mom, I'm done with my segment, and he just immediately starts eating. <laughs> those those sports center commercials. Yeah, I'm gonna miss that guy. Absolutely, he's he's in that same neighborhood in my brain from with Dan Patrick and Charlie Steiner and Stuart Scott, the before the bus stop sports center guys, like that mm-hmm. era when ESPN was cool, and I watched it all the time. Yeah, he was he was a classic NFL guy, um, straight shooter, 
good dude. Yeah, not a lot of hosts like that anymore. On to the camel. So, <laughs> so these people went uh, to Shirley Farms in Obion, about 100 miles north of Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, deputies received a call about a camel at about 445. When they got there, they found out that this camel had murdered not one, but two people. Um, a 42-year-old and a 67-year-old guy. Um, it says deputies tried to move one of the victims into an ambulance. The camel reappeared, attacked a sheriff's office vehicle, and moved towards the deputies. This He wasn't done. He was on some Beatrix kiddo, you know, leave. you can take your bodies, but your arms belong to me. Get the fuck out of here type stuff. It was at this time officers had to put the camel down for safety of everyone on the scene. Look, I haven't even seen anything about the camel having a weapon. Did you even ask the camel? That's right. To sit down? That's right. I feel like we went to uh, went to the gun. I suppose you can't tase a camel. What what would you kill a camel with? What's appropriate? What? <laughs> like a weapon of opportunity? <laughs> if they showed up, they're like, oh, it's just a camel. We don't need the shotguns. And they have to pull like a fence post out and strangle the thing with barbed wire. <laughs> Like jump on its back, four people. I can just picture one cop talking to the other and one cop drawing his biggest gun and be like, whoa, 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 it's a camel. (laughs) 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 But what do you shoot a camel with? (laughs) You get a crossbow? Easy there, Lou, it's a camel. (laughs) Boy, that neck is thick. I mean, you couldn't really strangle him. I think you need a gun. How did he kill these people? I mean, he had a Why bat doesn't kick, it say? Right? He had to give him the old donkey kick. Maybe. Maybe he bit him. Ooh. Gosh, a lot of really awkward funerals. <laughs> How did the camel kill in Tennessee? What a way to go. Camel got me. <laughs> no shit, right? This is how it all ends? You're at a fucking petting zoo and a camel's running up to you. Fucking saliva flying. And you're like, oh my God. All the like almost car accidents, all the stupid things I did in my 20s, jumping off of bridges into rivers. And this is how it ends? A fucking camel? Yeah. Yikes. Uh, something. Somebody did something wrong in a previous life or something to get that. Every day is a mystery. The sheriff's office declined to say whether the camel was male or female, which an expert said could help explain the animal's behavior. Bernard Fry, a retired camel scientist in France. (laughs) Why do you retire from the camel science game? You know, he just didn't have it anymore. Gosh. (laughs) Bernard is a retired camel scientist, which now in the last two days, I've learned that professional baby name assistant and camel scientist are both real jobs on sunday he said that it was rare for a female camel to be aggressive unless unless they were defending their offspring oh so right away it's a guy we don't know any of the facts (laughs) and right away it's gonna be a male camel Uh, but it probably was i gotta know know what's a camel expert pay what's that gig pay how much does a camel scientist earn the average hourly pay for an animal scientist is thirty-five fifty-seven. Shit, I need to learn about camels. Entry level, you're gonna pull about forty-six a year. Thirty-five fifty-seven hourly. Well, you got. What are you doing over. for that money? Like, are you harvesting semen, etc.? You know, what does a camel scientist do? I imagine there's a lot of camel spit and other bodily fluids. Yeah, when you yeah, can't hack it in horse racing, you go into camel. But we skipped over what might be the best job, and that's baby naming. Like, could you imagine? Yeah. I would love to do that. Being at the birth, seeing the I baby know. slide out, and be like, "That's a Chet. Uh, that's a Kylie. Um, that one's Equinemius. That's how they get those names. Equinemius. For thirty thousand dollars, you pay a lady probably named Kaylee with uh, seventy-two letters, and she takes her thirty thousand dollar check, cashes it, and says, "That's an Equinemius. I mean, obviously. Almost like a like with a stopwatch, almost as the baby comes out. Somewhere, somewhere in that, I feel like that's that's there's some incense burning. There's incense burning and some kind of some kind of ceremony involved in that. Uh, there's got to be for that amount. Mm-hmm. Of money. There's more than that. You are smoking <laughs> some incredible reefer if you're stroking a check for thirty k. Yeah. 
to have some stranger name your baby. Yep. Well, it's covered in red stuff and it's lumpy. We're going to call it Flaming Hot Cheeto. <laughs> 12 years from now, there's going to be a bunch of little girls named Indica. Yeah. Patriot Sports can name babies. So I'm just going <laughs> to put it out there for anybody that's listening. If you want your baby name, this this person right here, 30000 we will do it right now for $19,999. We'll do it on the we show. We will name that kid. I'll even hold your hand while I do it. <laughs> John and Eric, some creative I'll motherfuckers, have a short list man. ready. I'll hold your hand. And then whatever comes to me in the Whoa, moment. We're not doulas. I think we're on to something. We're on to something. The four or five people that listen to this deal. Yeah, fuck note. the camels. <laughs> What's his name, babies? If any of you, if any of our 14 listeners are pregnant, let or us wanna know. Or want to be. <laughs> yeah. there is an application process um, for that as well um, that's a little more stringent well we can do some vertical integration and do matchmaking as well and then baby making Absolutely. that's on you and then baby naming is back on us wow this is oh i love it i love it that was a fast hour we're at an hour already boys a couple contracts a camel or two and a baby name and we're fucking out of here I was going to bring up how we should do a fishing show this summer, but we can talk about that in the next one. Get the uh, It's getting to be spring. It's almost time to start thinking about unbury the kayak, get a couple GoPros. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and here's another thing I'm going to do at the end. I'm going to thank people for listening because uh, I noticed that that's what professionals do and that's what we are. So thank you, all 14 of you, for listening. If you've made it this far, you've given us an hour of your time. And for that, we could not be more grateful. Hey, can we thank the thank the guy in Russia? Thank the guy, the one in Russia. Thank you, one Russian and the Irish. If there's possibly a 37 year old Irish lass. Happy St. Patrick's. Chris, kick that outro music. You've been listening to Patriot Sports Radio. If you're sick of all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media, like we are, this show is for you. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. For more content and merch, hit up www.patriotsportsnow.com. Find us on Twitter at Patriots Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Patriots Sports Now, and on Getter, Rumble, and YouTube at Patriots Sports. Take care, and we'll see you next time. 